0: now for our feature presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Botching It Up podcast. Every bruise, bump, and botch, wrestling you've been put on notice. Uh, Let's get ready to ramble!
1: What's up? This is the Botching Up podcast, number 22, and this week we're talking about WWE's Draft 2020 and all the happenings on. As always, you're with me, Benito, and my good friend, Basil.
0: Hey, Ben. I haven't got a witty catchphrase for you this week. I'm I'm a bit exhausted by what we've watched.
1: That's really upsetting. I always get so (laughs) excited about what you're going to come up with.
0: Well, no, I I think we should just get straight into it. So I do have a form of quote for you. Uh, okay. from AJ Styles, uh, which was on the Raw talk that I actually bothered to watch for you. It's that I'm the pre-show guy, the occasional Raw talk guy. And he was just basically doing a roundtable with R-Truth and Charlie Caruso. And Charlie Caruso asked him what his reaction was to being drafted to Raw. I directly quote from him. I mean, is it really that much different? You know, SmackDown Raw, Raw SmackDown. It's really not that different. It's still the WWE.
1: They don't even fucking care themselves.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was directly after they submitted us to two shows about their draft, which uh, Stephanie McMahon had earlier said was incredibly important and full of twists and turns. AJ doesn't care. It's just a different day at work.
1: Well, it's not even important. We had an intergender battle royale on Raw. We're coming up to Survivor Series where we're going to have the two go against each other. And then it's like Braun Strowman versus someone else on SmackDown, even though he's on Raw now. So the guys are still crossed all the
0: brands. I really do think the final insult was that your main event was an interbrand battle royale. <laughs> for a contendership on your second of two draft shows, for the con- you had an interbrand battle royal for the Raw Women's Championship.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, it was for the contendership of the Raw yeah. Championship. So if a SmackDown woman won it, what the fuck's the draft for, really?
0: Well, there we go. I I don't think that we have to go any further with this podcast. AJ Styles has summed it up nicely for us with one example from Raw's main event.
1: There we go. Three minutes done. That's the quickest one. <laughs> So we're going to go play-by-play
0: through both Uh, shows, yeah? Yes. WWE SmackDown, the 9th of October 2020, was that fabled night where we had the first draft. I assume in a year. Was it last year they had the last draft? I would assume so.
1: Yeah. And Michael Coe opens up the show saying, welcome back to the visually impressive WWE Thunderdome.
0: Yeah, I got the same thing. Visually pleasing. Yeah, Um, it's not. also has actual Thunder being implemented now yeah but it's... because everything needs to be literal
1: <laughs> everything is literal with them um it's not impressive or interesting at all it's an eyesore
0: it's a visually pleasing interactive arena built for you ben. is it i well they can unbuild it for me <laughs> <laughs> i'm surprised we haven't you haven't bothered to go on camera yet and watch a long live
1: mm-hmm yep yeah. sure
0: so Stephanie McMahon came out and got a pretty loud and sustained pop from absolutely no one.
1: Oh, yeah. She got, like, cheered. If this was real, she would have been booed, not cheered.
0: She got, like, a Steve Austin cheer. Mm, it was, uh, huge. <laughs> it rose and rose and just kept getting bigger. I love the egos.
1: So let's go through these first picks. The very first pick of the draft is Drew McIntyre for Raw.
0: From Raw to Raw.
1: Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns from SmackDown to SmackDown. Oscar from Raw to Raw. Uh, Seth Rollins from Raw to SmackDown, so that's the first move, and then the hurt business to stay on Raw.
0: Okay, okay. So, so this this round passes with one change, uh, which is Rollins, who could have added some fresh matches, but I'm sure as you agree, as we'll see later on, this didn't really feel like a draft. It felt like moving Raw on mass to SmackDown and SmackDown on mass to Raw. To me, the whole point of a draft is. To change up the people appearing on each show so that they have new opponents. Yep. But it seemed like the entire SmackDown roster pretty much went to Raw, and the entire Raw roster went to SmackDown.
1: Yeah, Seth Rollins' whole story of Rey Mysterio just followed him over. And then. Um...
0: Murphy was in the supplemental draft on uh, the SmackDown talk show. And then. Later and on. And then
1: who was it on Raw? Yeah, the same thing's happened the other way. That Oh, it was Braun and whoever he's feuding with have both gone to Raw so they yep. can continue their feud.
0: Uh but I mean Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, we'll get into it in a minute, but it seems like everybody that is currently feuding with each other and have been since before I stopped watching, which was like SummerSlam, is just uh, coming along with each other and meeting each other so that they can carry on. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh so what do you think about the actual top picks in in K Fabe? The most sought after guys and girl is Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Oscar, Seth Rollins, and the Hurt Business.
0: Would you agree? Uh, I don't understand really why they waited for Bailey to be on the on the Raw show to be picked. Uh, how? So if we if we're kayfabe, actually thinking about this, how did they go about it? How? Why? Do, who picked who to be revealed on SmackDown and who picked who to be revealed on Raw? Stephanie. I know Raw is also the bigger show. So Stephanie decided that Raw came first and Raw got more picks. Well,
1: there's no general managers, so nobody decided. But Stephanie is the one telling us everything.
0: So it was like those bingo balls.
1: Maybe. I mean, I think it would have been more interesting if we saw bingo balls rather than watching Stephanie just say names for five hours.
0: Well, see, last year they they had a really, really—I'm sure you remember it—they had a really cheesy, um, backstage segment of the USA office and the Fox office. Yeah,
1: with the Fox robot. There's like,
0: ro- there's like a robot. Yeah, 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 and they were like on the phone and talking like Wall Street and demanding to get this or that, and they were arguing with each other, and it was it was awful, sure, but <laughs> it was more effort than we got tonight. It was. Last year they actually pretended that USA or Fox either had any say in this or actually cared. Well,
1: well, they did keep saying this year, Michael Cole did keep saying that Fox and USA have consulted with WWE about who they want on their TV shows. So,
0: <laughs> okay, but surely that Fox, Fox is a much bigger entity than than USA network. Surely Fox would say you get more people because you're a longer show. If you get first pick on SmackDown, we get first pick on Raw. Surely that, that makes sense, at the very least.
1: Yeah, that does make sense. But who says it is really first pick, and they haven't just written down on paper exactly? I suppose that's tearing away all the kayfabe of this sh- stupid system anyway. Never mind. But anyway, on paper, Drew McIntyre yep. and Roman Reigns are the most important people in the company. Makes sense. Two champions. Why, why wasn't Brock Lesnar in this Do you draft? not think so? Why, where was Brock Lesnar? Brock Lesnar's
0: done. His contract's expired.
1: People seem to think he's coming back though, but.
0: Um, but uh, I not think officially. Brock Lesnar is like the women's tag team championship. He just goes wherever he wants.
1: All right, so let's just move on to this Fool's Count Anywhere Big E versus Sheamus.
0: Just um, a quick shout out to Seth Rollins saying that the Mysterios have disgusting faces as well in his promo. Is only thing I from that?
1: How does he even know what Rey Mysterio looks like?
0: <laughs> he's seen his eyeball, so I assume his eyeball's <laughs> disgusting.
1: Yeah, well. Oh, eyeballs are disgusting when it. you pull them out of your face. Maybe he wasn't
0: vomiting from eyeball. Maybe he was vomiting from seeing a bit of Ray, Ray Ray's face. Maybe Ray Mysterio's new gimmick is being 2003 Kane.
1: What What a great way to retire. What a What a great way to send a legend out. <laughs> anyway, so the full count. Anyway, match Biggie versus Sheamus. Is this one? This of the first just felt times, like a bit.
0: Is this one of the first times you've seen Biggie uh, solo since he split up from the New Day in a singles? Um, maybe, yeah. Because this was a different... I watched his payback match against Sheamus, and this was a different Big E. His facials were way more serious. The focus seemed, like, more intense. Big E looks like he's coming together with himself as a solo star in the last two months. So I see good things for him. I think, based upon this performance, I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon's into him, and I can see him getting the belt off Sami Zayn within the next month or two.
1: Well, he's definitely planning to go solo, isn't he? He must have obviously known that they were going to split up.
0: I'm not actually sure that that he was aware of them splitting up. I really don't think he was. We'll get into into it in a minute. Um, But based upon his behavior on the SmackDown post show, it didn't really feel like he'd been clued in.
1: Well, this match seemed like a massive fuck you to the best friends and pal uh proud and powerful's five-star street fight don't you think
0: yeah like they, was, will, they will they will will throw
1: in everything at the wall uh using pretty much they were using weapons um inventively which wwe hardly ever do and also the nxt car car lot brawl that happened and here they they went through windscreens they they used the bonnet they jumped off the cars it was great stuff
0: yeah, I enjoyed this match, and I do kind of agree that they're looking at what's working in other promotions right now and sort of utilizing it in their own way, because you put up a Throwback Thursday YouTube video today, and I listened to that because I had to put a, up a clip for Instagram. And we were talking about the Intercontinental Championship tournament, where they'd st- already started a tournament the week before on AEW, and it still feels like there's a lot of that stuff going on. We go from what AEW are doing and then two weeks later we find out what WWE are doing. This was at points really silly. Like I just thought to myself that somebody actually had to go to the WWE warehouse to find those giant bootios and put them under a ring. (laughs) And I mean, there was no utilisation of them. But the match starts off fast and hard. Uh, There's some good shots. Both guys looked into it. Both guys were being pretty brutal with each other. At one point, Seamus had horrible, bloody welts all over his back. And it, like I don't know who got cut, but there was a lot of blood on both of the guys towards the end of the match. Well, there's
1: the spot where um Biggie does the crucifix in the ropes, uh, tied up in the ropes, and Seamus is just going crazy at him with the kendo stick. And I was actually thinking, you did a few more shots on one like brutally hard shot. That could definitely be a spot, that, the finishing spot of a match.
0: Yeah, I'm, I really do think that, Dominic Mysterio was quite happy that he had Seth Rollins cane him because Seamus is notorious in the back for being very, very hard going to work with. Yeah, they were big shots, very loud. What did you think of their catering area? It wasn't a catering area. It was eggs on it. (laughs) Well, we were told there was a catering area. It was uh, uh, in the middle of a hallway, I think. They're
1: camping at this
0: arena for what?
1: Like months and months and months? No way is a catering area just a table with some eggs and flour on it.
0: Well, I assume maybe that they were having like a make your own omelet day or something. Because there was no crisps, there was no fruit, there was no sandwiches. So I I guess it's sort of we provide you with the raw materials and you go out into the (laughs) world and make what you can make your own damn pancakes. Which is very fitting, I think, for the WWE product at the moment. We'll give you the the very basic raw materials, and you make with it what you want.
1: You make your own fun. Start a podcast and just laugh at it.
0: Yeah, or try and sell the lines that we script for you, which are dire. Uh, Sheamus hit Big E really hard with a tire iron in this match. Sheamus was going most of this match. So was Big E, really. I've just, I haven't just I have seen a tire iron, I don't think, since since the, the mid-2000s. And it was just thrown off within a minute. Mm-hmm. It was just, uh, oh yeah, he used a tire iron really hard. It's fine. Big E's back up, holding himself from getting kidnapped in a trunk. I don't know. <laughs> it was highly enjoyable uh, with some brutal looking moves. And I thought they put over Big E pretty strong in this match. So it looks like there's good things coming for Big E. Sheamus is looking a little bit adrift at the moment.
1: Yeah, so Big E wins with his finishing move off a car through a table, uh, which just doesn't work at all because Big E's finishing move means he has to land first. So he really just put himself through a table.
0: After putting himself through two windshields.
1: Yeah, it, his finishing, he needs a different finisher to, for tables and creep and whatever. But anyway, so after this match, Kofi congratulates... Big E on the win. And then Xavier returns. This is actually a nice little moment for any New I feel Day like fans.
0: These are the, I feel like these are the most over guys in the company right now, to be honest. Xavier and Kofi have both been out. Uh, Kofi's been out for a, a, a good couple of months now. And um, I was like right at my TV, and I think everybody else was as well. It was so nice to see Xavier and, and the three of them together. Uh, because I don't feel like I've seen Xavier Woods when he's not playing Dungeons & Dragons for about two years. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah, i know right it felt like for the longest time even if he was on tv he was always just at ringside
0: and he came back hot and what else can you ask for like obviously if there was a crowd they wouldn't have done a backstage skit with them but as it was i thought it was pretty well put together i'm glad to see them back even if they are splitting up from biggie i don't have a problem with the new day splitting up as much as how they did it well you have a problem with how they did it yeah. in the draft.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, well, I mean we've discussed this so many times um, about their split up and that one, one of them should have turned on the other.
0: Well, I assume that they they've split them up but they don't want them turning against each other because they want to save that for a later date. They just want to keep Biggie on his own and work him out as a project for now. And then I assume they will turn them in a while in a while maybe when Biggie's going for the main gold or whatever or when he's IC champ. But the idea of The New Day splitting up, for me, was more just a complete lack of logic. Like, if you're sitting here making me pretend that this is a real draft with real things, well, the first thing that you showed me on this show was Raw taking uh, the entirety of the Hurt Business, which is four guys. But they only take two out of the three of the New Day. Yeah, you were just taking it, were not
1: you? There's no way you... And if you did want to split them up, someone could, someone should have taken
0: Big E first, and then the the other brand takes the tag team. Not. I just I mean, if you if you're USA Network and you really don't want Big E because you see no potential in the fact that he's up and coming and winning loads of matches, just take him anyway and job him. He's free. What what sense did this make? This was a, yeah. a really sort of cowardly way of not wanting to split the New Day up, but get them away from each other. I get it though, because like you said, they're so white hot right now. You
1: don't really want to heel turn any of them right now. They're all the, the, the three biggest baby faces of the company, really.
0: Yeah, but is the, was there really a necessary reason to do it this way? Like, th- there's small things in these, in these drafts. I know that I'm overthinking because they haven't thought this hard. But Big E, for example, gets drafted to Raw for, or, or SmackDown, whatever. As far as we're aware, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are still out. They didn't have to be on this show. They could have still been um, injured. Nobody would have noticed. Nobody would have made made any difference. They can then come in two or three week wait weeks later when the draft is already over with, and somehow or some way, USA Network gets a coup and gets the two two of the two thirds of the new day. You know, like you could have easily just little things explaining away logic to make yeah. it feel like there's a sustained sense of story here
1: well like you said even logic if they had just done it the other way around where biggie got uh, drafted first and then the tag team got drafted that would have made more sense anyway
0: it would have made a tiny bit more sense than what we got here yeah yeah,
1: yeah. just do you reckon in the survivor series match they're going to be on opposite sides like they'll all be in the match.
0: Oh, I'm sure that they'll play this up now. They'll play this up like when the shield broke up, but didn't break up. They'll be they'll be seeing each other once a month, somehow, some way.
1: Mm. I hope I hope eventually we do get like a a new day civil war one day. I like really it'll be, th- be completely wasted if they don't.
0: I really do think we will. I think they try. So my my understanding of this, and we've been talking about this for months now. I'm pretty sure they gave Kofi the championship belt to eventually split the New Day up, maybe pit Big E against Kofi or whatever for the championship and have a a feud there. But for some reason or another, they thought Kofi's championship run was a bit of a lame duck, so they didn't bother to turn it then. Now they have faith in Big E, but they don't think he's gotten to a place yet where he could be a main eventer. So I think what they're doing at the moment is building biggie up to become that level that main event talent and then they're going to turn the new day again but this is still really long-term booking which they're not good at for all extents and purposes they are now on different brands so you're not going to be seeing this if you do see it for like still another year or two
1: well you say that but the brand split will be dead in a couple of weeks and they'll be jumping about all over the place
0: i realized that um we're jumping all over the show now but i realized that this draft had been put together within two weeks when they told me that Mandy Rose had been drafted to Raw, because I don't, I know you haven't been keeping up with the WWE product, but Mandy Rose was drafted to Raw three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. So if they if they were aware that they were doing a draft in three weeks, then they wouldn't have drafted Mandy Rose three weeks before. So this is obviously a spur of the moment thing, and I was trying to figure out why. I, I assume there's it's basketball. a ratings boost, no? it's just there's, there's basketball or american football on at the same time but what i find hilarious is how they're hyping up both the usa network and fox network next week for the season premiere of wwe raw and wwe smackdown ben how do you have a season premiere for a show that doesn't stop yeah it's a weird one that isn't it so I like, assume the networks have actually asked WWE to to hype this up in some way, but they've carried on throughout the pandemic and carried on through every single show since the the both brands respectively started. So it's not really a season premiere in the middle of October. For so us, I guess
1: I no, but I guess the, the draft is them trying to saying this is like a hard reset, and now it's a new season with completely new
0: stories and new characters. <sighs> doing the exact same thing they've been doing for two years (laughs) fuck man i actually i actually liked smackdown so let's get on to some of the the good stuff of SmackDown.
1: yes so jay Uso comes out and he wants to know the stipulation he's going to have of roman reigns this is actually a dynamite promo as well he nails it out of the park then paul heyman comes on the jumbotron he gives his spiel and then roman reigns challenges him to an i quit match in a hell in a cell which is quite interesting
0: great stuff that jay delivered a fiery baby face promo this angle's already hot i love this alpha beta tribal chief storyline i think paul Heyman has elevated roman reigns so much and this heel roman reigns is what we have wanted to see i think everybody has wanted to see for years now because
1: roman is so much better as a hill like we were all right he's named yeah it.
0: he looks absolutely amazing here he looks he looks hollywood you know what i mean he looks like a uh, a hard as nails villain that's also really stylish and just cool. Like yeah. I, 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 I haven't seen Roman Reigns look cool for a very long time. And and one thing I noticed from this promo is all three members of the Shield can't do face. Mm. Seth Rollins was one of the worst babyface champions I've ever seen. Moxley just he doesn't have that likability that Austin had. And Roman Reigns Roman Reigns as John Cena was awful. These guys all suit heel as opposed to baby face.
1: I mean, even their look when they when they came out
0: in the shield, they were like, I guess they were anti-hero, but they just look hills. I like the fact that they got Roman Reigns to, they found like a posh suite for him, but I'm not sure why, <laughs> why there was loads of naked Cupid statues behind him.
1: I didn't even notice that. Yeah, there was know. lots of uh,
0: Greek Greek naked babies in statue form. Oh, okay. So I guess that's his preferred decor in his private office.
1: Cool, fine, whatever. As long as he looks bad, Ass and he, he nailed what he was saying. like he's so much more believable as a heel when he talks than when he was a baby face yeah
0: yeah just the, him icily staring into the camera and then saying there's going to be consequences after this match
1: but what do you think about the actual match An i quit match inside hell of in a cell
0: i think it's an int- a really interesting idea I, th- I think this is the only coming out of raw and smackdown the only match on the hell of a cell show that sounds intriguing and sounds interesting and there's there's a lot of stuff you could do with that, like the I Quit angle inside a cell. Depending how far they want to go with it, there's a lot they could uh, do to, because the Clash of the Champions match was pretty brutal. I think they're going to go the whole hog with this one. I'm a bit worried for Jey Uso's safety, honestly.
1: No, I like the idea that they're definitely going to be able to use the cell as a weapon. I mean, I know they always do, but usually it's kind of just there. Whereas this, I think with the I Quit, we're going to see a lot of people like faces pushed up against the cell or stuff like that yeah yeah uh daring each other to quit no i think it's be good it's gonna it's gonna really freshen up the gimmick all right so draft number two here we go aj moves to do you want me just to say the whole thing or do you want to go yeah, one yeah. by one yeah, just... okay aj moves to raw sasha Banks stays on smackdown naomi moves to raw uh bianca Belair moves to smackdown baszler and jacks stay on raw
0: aj stars going back to raw is not a big deal considering aj again was moved from Raw just over two months, maybe a month and a half, two months ago because he had beef with Paul Heyman because Paul Heyman kept mocking him because he thinks the world is flat.
1: So now Heyman's on SmackDown, he's uh, going back to Raw.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're literally keeping them all away from each other, <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, I don't know whether you've noticed, but in pretty much all of the promos when or, or just chats when people like wrestlers are being interviewed or feel more comfortable, they all call him Uncle Allen. <laughs> I think AJ's gotten a bit of a reputation in WWE for being like a weird old man at this point. That's right. He's only got
1: a couple years to go and he'll be retired.
0: <laughs> and Bianca Belair moving to SmackDown obviously shows that those reports that Vince McMahon's really into her are true.
1: Yeah, but is she even on TV right now? Because we didn't see her over these couple of days.
0: She's more on TV than she used to be. She's slowly being okay. repositioned into uh, a normal mid card talent.
1: Because I remember when she came up and they just didn't use her at all.
0: Yeah, they just threw her
1: onto main event. Mm. Okay. And then Baszler and Nia Jax are on Raw, but then Michael Cole says that doesn't matter because as uh, tag <laughs> team champions, they can be on either brand. So what a waste of a fucking pick.
0: Can we please get Shayna Baszler away from Nia Jax? Nia Jax is, if I walked into WWE tomorrow and they said, hey, you're the boss now, what do you want to do first? I would say fire Nia Jax. Well, okay. I think she's just, I'm sorry. I just, I don't see any talent. I don't see any ability, athleticism, likability and Shayna Baszler is so good. And I, I don't understand why they're wasting her in a comedic tag team with one of the least liked female wrestlers in the company.
1: Well, on Raw, I think they teased that these two are going to split quite quickly.
0: They've been doing that since payback, though.
1: Oh, uh, right. Just okay. not going anywhere. I guess they've just got nothing for Baszler to do, but they want to keep her in the limelight. So they've put a belt on her. Do you know what I would do with Baszler? Put her in Lana's position. Mm. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. They need to do something with her. But
0: She's wasted on the main roster. It was a draft. There sure is lots of twists and turns.
1: Uh, They could have split those two up in the draft. That would have been more interesting. But then again, it would have fucking mattered because of the tag team, the women's tag team
0: (laughs) thing. Anyway. The women's tag team can go to NXT if they want. They shouldn't even be drafted. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, that's kind of what Michael Cole was saying between the lines. Like, haha, stupid raw, stupid pick.
0: <laughs>
1: so the next match, we got Matt Riddle and Jeff Hardy versus Miz and Morrison. It was a decent match. It only went like six minutes. I mean, the big news is the attack afterwards.
0: Right. So, I mean, first of all, we always talk about WWE's booking getting lazier and lazier. Uh, this TV match was created from four, four separate tweets by these guys. <laughs> okay. Matt, Matt Riddle said to Jeff Hardy, oh, bro, I sure would like to work with you. And then Miz and Morrison were like, you're a loser. Let's have a match. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this this wasn't really anything. But as you said, Lars Sullivan comes out looking absolutely jacked and then proceeds to be called a freak. No less than at least eighteen times.
1: <laughs> Getting that in there, get... sure. Um, he looks much better of a beard, don't you think? He looks normal now. I'm, i
0: I'm, I'm just, he. He was probably quite aware that he needed to do something with all the controversy of of the past. Have you year. heard the new
1: controversy?
0: I've, I've seen a little bit of it. Yeah, this guy just can't get stink away from him, can he?
1: So he's going to get a three-week push, and then he's going to be hidden backstage again, I think.
0: Well, he's a, a homophobic, homosexual, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, then the new one is that he's now, like, stalking women on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll, it,
1: we'll see what happens then, I guess.
0: It doesn't exactly make him likable as a face or a heel, really, does it? But no. I've also heard that he has major anxiety attacks and sometimes just doesn't want to go out to the ring. Isn't that
1: what happened with John Cena? Because he wasn't meant to debut against John Cena, right?
0: Yeah. And then it didn't happen. So obviously, um, obviously Vince must see something massive in him. Because well, he's after- huge and he's fucking
1: built. So Vince loves that, doesn't he? Yeah,
0: but after all of this stuff, I think most people would have been just been immediately shown the door. Yeah, true. I think Vince has been looking for this sort of Goldberg character since Ryback and way before Ryback, and he just wants one of these big guys to actually break out, do the work and have some charisma.
1: Well, Brock's expensive now, are not they? They need to create a new Brock.
0: Yeah. Uh, This was a decent surprise. I I actually kind of figured Lars was done. Nice huge slams and stuff, and he he murders The Miz, Matt Riddle, and Jeff Hardy. So, they're obviously pushing him for... A big run.
1: Yeah, I mean, other than what happened to New Day, this is really the only surprise from the draft. It was the only return, only... I mean, we saw nothing from
0: NXT, so... I just... I, I wish I'd actually counted how many times they called him his new nickname. Stephanie also called him it, and all of the Raw presenters called him it. And you know that in the back, Vince is on on the headset. He's, He's a freak. He's a freak. <laughs> God damn it! You <laughs> <laughs> really excited. Uh, yeah, I. I will. I'm fine with Lars being on every show if they stop calling him that, because it's just ad nauseum at this point. Oh, they're definitely not. Is is there to stay? Yeah, for <laughs> okay. sure. And then we get another round of drafts.
1: Ben, are you excited? Super excited to see Stephanie again. <laughs> like, like I don't actually have anything wrong with a GM character. I don't know why people hated it so much. And definitely for this, it would have been much better if they had GMs.
0: I think it's because it went out of control, uh, where the, the they tried to restart the corporation with Stephanie and Triple H. And they, they sort of tried to rehash the Austin McMahon thing, but nobody cared because there wasn't an Austin to go against them.
1: Yeah. So they just yeah.
0: ditched it after a while. But, I mean, it's quite clear that it works. W- William Regal does a great job on NXT. He's uh, ju- just the right type of general manager who keeps things in line, has a little bit of character, but doesn't get involved too much. That's all they need. Yeah, he's he's just a plot device. He just moves stories forward
1: sometimes. And, that yeah, like you said, that's what they need. And if they had two GMs bantering off each other in between all these draft picks, that would have made this much more interesting, much more entertaining.
0: I feel like they're just scared off from it because they made such a big deal about GMs over the years, like John Laurinaitis and stuff, so they they Mm. don't want to go too fast, they just don't do anything at all, which is typical WWE, they don't understand the meaning of subtlety, it's called the Thunderdome, brother, let's open every (laughs) single show with Thunderdome, I I wouldn't actually be surprised if, not that I'm going to tune in to find out, they're like open WWE main event with Thunder, you know, just because it's the Thunderdome, get it? Sure. Yeah,
1: sure. Anyway, draft pick, draft three. Uh, immediately, Stephanie McMahon explains that Lars will be drafted on Raw. Uh, so he's he's made his return. Um, and then the actual picks is Raw. Uh, Ricochet is staying on Raw. What a Jay Uso, is, <laughs> Jay Uso is staying on SmackDown. Mandy is staying on Raw. Raw and Dominic are moving to SmackDown. Miz and Morrison are moving to Raw. So like you said ricochet and uh hurt business uso and uh roman reigns like all the stories are just following each other around
0: and um, the Mis- Mysterio's come back to visit seth rollins yeah and the miz and john morrison are just jobbers to lars now so they've been jobbers to people for quite a while so it doesn't really matter where they're at to be honest
1: well after their performance on raw can you can you fuck them i don't even yeah, want to see I'm... them on tv
0: like <laughs> yeah dude that, i mean that's that stuff has gone downhill I remember when they did the music video, and they're actually pretty entertaining. For
1: no, even things. back then it was, was horrible to watch. When it was against Braun, right? And then that's when they first started like doing the stupid So Oh, song. they were, in, I, that, I, they were I, in that van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, that yeah. that that is part of the whole problem of WWE for me at the moment. That's they are half the reason I switched off to this shit.
0: Well, I think they represent that brand of PG humor that we've seen so much of yep. over the decades we saw so much of it that actually another promotion got funded by a millionaire <laughs> you know yep
1: yeah because it's not individually their fault because um john morrison we've seen in other promotions do fantastic stuff and we all know that miz can do great stuff if he's given the right material so I think they're both no, great I, yeah yeah I, like you said it's just the cartoony cheesy bullshit that they've been given is half the problem. I just can't stay with WWE for more than six months. Yeah. Uh, so after this, we get Banks versus Bailey in a women's championship match. Um, again, it feels like they're meant to have this big night feel. They're putting all the, their best foot forward to try and cash in on all the extra fans that are watching. Um, SmackDown, I think, did that pretty well. And then Raw lost all of the new, the new viewers that they gained on SmackDown.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I know I'm nitpicking SmackDown at the moment, and I will continue to do to do so in a second, but this was an enjoyable show with a sort of fast-paced main event feel to it where it, it wasn't a chore to watch. I sat and watched this, and I breathed through it in an hour and a half, and I enjoyed myself. Raw was a car crash, but a really slow one. Like, if you had slowed a car crash down to about times ten, and then just watched it on YouTube in the dark for about two and a half hours, that was Raw. But I I have a problem with Bailey versus Sasha Banks. Can somebody please explain to me why this, and I know they did the bullshit finish and it only lasted three minutes, but this feud and this teasing went on for so long. It went on for like six months past anybody expected to. And then everybody started rubbing their hands and say, wow, they're actually making this one go long term. And I thought like, I would have liked to have seen it at WrestleMania. Sure. But I would have thought that at least they would have saved the first interaction for survivor series. And I, I I know that this was like really short with a a D a DQ chair shot to further the feud and stuff, but you didn't need it. Like everybody is already invested in this feud. You didn't need an official ring time bell to, to do this angle. And like it doesn't, it didn't even add anything, you know, like it, it, all it did was take away sort of like a, a spark of interest from their official final match meeting. I didn't get this.
1: But the, the, well, the problem is, where do they even go f- from here? Like they've they faced each other off in the ring now, so you've ruined the allure of them eventually having a big match. Exactly.
0: That's what that's the point I was trying to make. Um, and and, and you know, and they're having a match at Hell in a cell. Um, This is the this is the blow off Hell in a Cell, the B pay per view. Ugh.
1: Well, I thought this was the blow For a second here, I thought, oh, you know, they're doing the draft. They know that they've got extra eyes on them, that this was the blow-off. I was like, come yeah.
0: on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the two were at least they. There's no no discounting their ability. They Whatever they are given, they are fantastic at it, and they again, always we, will
1: be. We say it every time. It's not the players that are the problem. It's who is ever writing this bullshit. Yeah. Then did something happen, or did we immediately go into the next tag match?
0: They had a little recap of Alexa Bliss becoming the Harley Quinn to Bray Wyatt's the Joker. Okay, and moment.
1: then we're okay. Then we're into Cesaro and um, Shinsuke versus New Day, uh, which wasn't like we mentioned briefly a minute ago. This was a fantastic match for Kofi and Xavier. They looked so great, and yeah. this whole this whole match, all four guys just kept it at 100 for like over 10 minutes.
0: Yeah, um, I was actually really happy when they announced on the Raw draft that Shinsuke and Cesaro would be staying together because I've had a soft spot for Shinsuke for years and years. And it's quite clear that he's on his retirement fund, like he doesn't care. And him being paired up with Cesaro, despite him being a caretaker champion, is the most effort I've seen him put in and the most interesting he's been for ages. And these these four guys just gelled together. It's kind of a shame Mm. that they, they won't be facing again. They will eventually, once the draft falls to pieces. I also like the fact that they actually called back to Cesaro and Nakamura winning it from the New Day Mm. for once. Like, actually acknowledging history. But yeah, no, this was a good TV match with a pretty decent ending. I liked it. I I hope Nakamura continues to have some sort of momentum in his own head. You know, (laughs) I hope he bothers.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Him and Cesaro really are a good fit. Like, it's it's weird on paper, but it works. It's weird how Cesaro is the tag team guy.
0: He's had yeah. great teams with, who was it, Sheamus? Oh, my mind's gone blank. Is,
1: is he the tag team guy, or is he just so good at what he does that no matter who they pair him with, he makes it work?
0: Yeah. I mean, Sheamus, what was it, J- Sheamus, Jack Swagger, Tyson Kidd, all, all of those teams have been successful. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is just him rolling with it, whatever he's given he couldn't make that faux James Bond look work, though. Glad they got rid of that. Yeah, that was a weird moment. <laughs> all right,
1: so we're on to the uh, draft part four. I uh, just wanted and to this... add
0: there that I thought Xavier, neither Xavier Woods or Kofi Kingston had like an ounce of ring rust on them. They both looked great, like they'd been wrestling all this time.
1: Yeah, no, it was a fantastic debut. Um, and then that debut was really for this moment in the draft, uh, where Raw pick up Xavier and Kofi. And Xavier goes crazy, telling, yelling at Stephanie to say Big E as well. And then she does. But he is staying on SmackDown.
0: We've already gone over that. We've then... already gone over it. I, I mean, Big E, I don't think he faked that acting. Like, he actually looked so morose. And on that Talking Smack talk show, Charlie Caruso is talking to The New Day. And she asks Kofi and Xavier about the fact that they're smackdown tag team champions going to raw and before yeah. xavier and kofi can say anything Big biggie just looks and looks at her and he's like you've been around here for a while charlie like you know that logic doesn't exist here <laughs> i just thought that was like that was kind of like a ooh, you know i don't think he i don't i'm not sure he actually did get told so is Talking Smack like it used to be when Daniel Bryan was on it, where
1: they're, they're not really scripted, so they can kind of just get away with saying whatever they want?
0: Yeah, it feels like that. I mean, I literally just watched them uh, for this week's show. I'm never planning on watching them ever again. But it seems like a more sort of casual conversation and just them sort of breaking, not breaking character completely, but just just calming down a little bit and mm-hmm. being more, more soapbox sort of thing.
1: I feel like that's another one those products that vince doesn't watch so they can yeah, kind of get away with saying stuff
0: with what aj said on the raw one and what Big E said on the smackdown one there is no way that that's anything other than filler content that doesn't even get passed through like bruce pritchard you know mm. that's just immediately thrown up
1: okay um yeah so dana brooke moves to raw otis stays on smackdown and angel Garza stays on raw yep um so then we're backstage with otis and he's going to court with The Miz over the briefcase?
0: I have no idea what this was about. I was hoping that you could fill me in.
1: I heard something about this story. and
0: So Miz is the reason that Mandy Rose moved to Raw. Like, he apparently talked to some executives and got her moved to Raw. And he's trying to take the contract from Otis, but now they've involved, like, lawyers and shit. I have no idea. I didn't care.
1: I didn't... Okay, that's fine. All I know, all uh... I know
0: about Otis is that and these are just, again, dirt sheets who have been saying that Vince really deeply regrets his decision to put the money in the bank on Otis. And you should expect him to have it taken away from him within the next couple of months.
1: Yeah, well, they've not really given him the platform to go on to be a main event,
0: have they? They've he not exactly. done anything. I, yeah. I stopped watching it after you did. He hasn't done anything as far as I'm aware, really, for like, you know, but five he's... or six months. But their
1: plan was for him to drop it to the Miz. Like the Miz doesn't deserve it either.
0: I really hope that they do find somebody else to give that to. Like, you know, Vince seems massive into Angel Gaza. He he seems like the sort of guy that would profit from this more than Otis. Maybe Big E. Oh well, yeah, Big E. Big E's a good shout. They need okay. to do something with it anyway.
1: So Sasha has a fiery promo on Bailey backstage. That's that. And then we get Fiend versus Kevin Owens in our main event
0: fiend's light show in the thunderdome is still very impressive but i'm not sure which entity of bray wyatt signs off on this shit like his his lights and his um toy belt with his face on it who who makes those decisions well you mean the fiend or bray yeah because neither of them seem like they can sign contracts and handle like production meetings about championship belts and light shows
1: maybe there's a higher power maybe he needs a manager
0: ministry part two
1: yeah here we go <laughs> We get so many people involved imagine
0: like paul Heyman as a modern day pool bearer yeah i think I, there's some genuinely we said this but i think that there is a market there for a new sort of dark clan and if they called it a slightly different name had the higher power then had old man taker come out as like the their head i think that would be a great storyline Gives Taker something to do because he, he doesn't want to be he, he just refuses to step out the limelight. But he didn't he wouldn't have to wrestle. And you can get like young guys who would feed off the rub from working with him, you know. I think I it's good. Can't,
1: idea. I can't imagine Taker and Fiend being on the same team.
0: I was thinking more of like Alistair Black, Dexter Loomis, guys like that.
1: What about those guys versus the Fiend? That would be cool. Yeah, that'd be more fun. Like to see who's who's more darker and edgier.
0: This was the first Kevin Owens match I've enjoyed for, I don't even remember really, like he yeah. had a decent match at WrestleMania, but this is the most I've enjoyed him as a character for a very, very long time. Yeah, this was a really fun match. It
1: was way more than I was expecting as well.
0: It was a nice fast pace with a lot of urgency, uh, exactly as the Fiend matches should feel. And they re- rarely ever feel like this. They usually feel long worn out and, and drawn out.
1: Yeah. And the fiend looked undestructible, man. Like Kevin Owens did some like pretty, pretty, um, rough stuff to him.
0: Yeah. I think, I thought that this was the best that the fiend has looked since his match with Daniel Bryan. And it's quite clear here that the the linking part of that is Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan being great workers. Uh, he, it, it's crazy to me, the fiend really, because he's been involved in so much shit. Um, with, with braun and goldberg and like they've really put him through the task over the past year i don't know whether you agree with me but i still think he's like he's got momentum he's got interest.
1: oh yeah definitely and now with the alexa bliss stuff like i think other than um roman Reigns, this is like the best thing going on for wwe you like the alexa stuff as well no, no i'm not saying that i, I I like it. I haven't actually seen much of it to have an opinion, but I'm just saying like they're definitely freshening up the fiend and they're really experimenting with this story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, who knew? Who knew that this would the fiend would still be on top and still be interesting uh a year later? We thought this would be like a six month and done. Maybe it's Bray Wyatt himself, but they're managing to find new ways to make that character invigorating. And personally, I actually quite like the Fiend Alexa Bliss thing. I, I don't I don't love it, but I it's not anywhere near the worst idea they could currently have with either of those two being involved together.
1: I don't hate it. And from the limited stuff I've seen of Alexa Bliss, she's making it work. Yeah, Um, I didn't really see much of her transition into the character. But now we're there. Like, I like her doing it. So, yeah,
0: yeah, I was um, really re- sent home happy with this main event. It was a, a fast paced, fun sprint with with some brutal shots. And I really liked it. Personally. yeah i mean
1: this was a decent smackdown it was an average wrestling show there was nothing really offensive about it um
0: yeah it's fine got to, i mean yes it's, it's an average wrestling show but with wwe you got to take your wins where you can get them this but was this, an, is... this was an average wrestling show but an above average smackdown
1: yeah but that's the problem like we can't like just say oh well done wwe you're usually useless like this is this draft had so many more viewers and like all the wrestling world really turned turn their attention to it when yeah, impact they, they had
0: a little look i wouldn't say yeah. they turned their attention to it for two hours but they, they i think more people than usual gave them a chance this week to have a look i mean we're doing it for a podcast so But my
1: my point being is when impact knows that they've got more viewers than usual they really harness that and they, they go balls to the walls to try and make new fans where i don't feel like smackdown did that
0: I think it's just, uh, it's almost tiring to talk about now, isn't it? Like it's, it's like you've been in a long drawn out relationship and you just can't be bothered to argue anymore because we all know what's going on. We say it every single week It's the reason that we stop watching. There's like an inherent rot deep in the system, which is just not going to go away. So I completely agree with you that the impact AEW take the opportunities that they have. WWE just don't think like that. They they say oh we're getting more viewers that's great and they seem like it seems like a captain going down with a ship because I'm not one for ratings but if you compare f- like five million five years ago to 1.7 million now on the same network USA Network can't be happy with that you know no. they, they, how long are they how long are they going to live in this bubble where they they they're blind to the fact that they're declining in popularity before they really actually have to finally do something about it. Cause we've been talking about it for half a decade now.
1: So with that in mind, let's jump over to the flagship show. What a which, transition. But be- before we talk about it, we got to say that this show made us both so depressed. We decided not even to <laughs> podcast on our usual day. Yeah.
0: Uh, I also watched this show in... We were all prepped last night to go do it, and we both texted each other saying we'd rather be doing anything else, which is why we're forcing ourselves through it today. But I watched this show in three parts. I managed uh, to get through it in two parts. I must correct you, though, Ben. This is. I don't think this is seen as the flagship show anymore because SmackDown's on Fox. I think SmackDown is now the new Raw, which is really really strange thing to get your head around
1: yeah i i know they see it like that but obviously as a as an old-timer fan now i guess
0: you know what <laughs> i after i watched the first the start of raw after coming off the end of smackdown and i'm so naive one of the f- <laughs> one of the first things i wrote is there does seem to be more energy to the production of these shows than before payback <laughs> how little i knew Oh my god. You just you just wait
1: forty five minutes.
0: Just wait ten.
1: <laughs> um so I like that they opened the show saying the full set of the draft rules are available at WWE.com. Um <laughs> you think anyone actually on
0: purpose looked that up? Oh, I forgot to quickly uh the supplemental smackdown draft for anybody who okay, okay. cares. Humberto Carrillo to Raw. Murphy to SmackDown, Drew Gulak to Raw, Callisto to SmackDown, and Tucker to Raw. So, Tucker,
1: Tucker to Raw? They split Tucker and Otis up?
0: Yes, I assume from this, Tucker's going to go straight into Raw Underground, if it's still a thing.
1: I don't think it's a thing anymore, man.
0: I, I did find it interesting that in these draft picks, they treated a few Raw Underground people as actual contracted superstars now
1: yeah which isn't that the whole point that they were street fighters yeah i mean the but same argument you, you could have for retribution i suppose
0: but i mean drew my drew, the only care person i care about there is drew gulak and i just feel like he's going to be even more lost in the shuffle in raw but he there already, we
1: go. he already has been for a while though hasn't he yeah
0: he's just gotten lost
1: so uh todd phillips says uh he's hyping up hell in a cell and he says sadistic is sadistic the tagline for this pay-per-view I I mean, it's, don't it's just think so. one word it's okay so they, we haven't got one yet then
0: no
1: it's we will do the
0: horror show extreme rules or whatever it was
1: or the greatest match ever or oh, i've forgotten the other ones no they
0: seem to have calmed down with that stuff maybe they think they're actually devel- delivering a good product mm. okay
1: so we open up with a randy promo and did you actually enjoy this because i know you love randy
0: I didn't, and this was dreadful, I was, man. I, was, I didn't watch Raw last week. I didn't watch Raw for the past two months. But um, they opened up by informing the, me that Randy Orton pinned McIntyre in a multi-man match last week on Raw, which just what what like you know, it's a typical WWE booking of making the champion lose a pin on TV before a pay-per-view to try and make us believe that the heel's gonna win. This was a, a uh, Drew was one of the few guys that felt so massive and so big time, he just wasn't losing. And they, they say over and over again, Drew was unbeaten for nearly a year. Why, why have Randy Orton pinned him in a six-man as a yep. throwaway? And this, honestly, I, you, I, as you said, I love Randy Orton. I like Drew McIntyre. This promo stank, bro. Uh, the, when was the last time you heard of a Hell in a Cell match being sold by one guy stating to the other guy that he was going to pin him. <laughs> nothing was mentioned about the Hell in a Cell, nothing to do with the structure. Nobody said that they I were going to... I didn't even realise that
1: these could in a Hell in a Cell. I just assumed they were just having a singles match.
0: Yeah, that's because that's how they've sold it. Randy looks in the eye and says, I'm going to pin you. Damn. We, we always joke that Randy's great if
1: he cares about the story. I really feel like he's given up again.
0: I don't really blame him. This...
1: Feud has been going since Summerslam. But before that, he was. We said like it was the best Randy of maybe his entire career. And yeah, now, he was on fire. And now it's like he switched, switched off again.
0: I feel like Randy Orton is kind of like somebody that's got ADHD. Like he continually needs to be given things that he thinks are worth his time, and he mm-hmm. needs to be swapped up fresh with new opponents, new people to work with. Because otherwise, he just turns into this. And I mean, this is the most half-assed main event i can remember for a very long time there was so, it, it reeked to desperation uh, e- even down to right at the end of the show um, i think it was todd phillips just screaming i have to see this match like they never say that because <laughs> they assume <laughs> that somebody usually wants to see it but they, they they are in this feud i think they've become self-aware that nobody cares
1: yep drew mcintyre said that i'm gonna beat you up all along every single rule they brawl for a little bit and then we don't see them again until three hours later when they start brawling again at that point i had completely forgot they were even doing this
0: yeah same so did i so did i and it's just like the most bang average brawls as well isn't it like it's just I've, i had images of viscera going around just pretending to beat people up it's just yeah. boring
1: yeah and then when it becomes boring you become self-aware of that you're watching people Pretend. fake hit each other yeah yeah, yeah. so let's get what on to the draft <laughs> draft pick one the fiend has moved to raw yes uh, bailey is staying on smackdown randy orton is staying on raw because of course he is so is drew mcintyre And then the Street Profits are moving to SmackDown, and Charlotte Flair will be returning to Raw when she's off injury. Um, So the the craziest one is the Street Profits, right? Because now we found out that both teams are on the wrong brand. And later on on the show, they'll just do a straight swap of their belts.
0: Yeah, I had less, less issue with the belt swapping than pretty much everybody else on the internet did. Uh, only because they obviously wanted to keep both championships going. Like as much as I agree with everybody saying they should have done a unification match, they should have done a unification match. They obviously want a raw tag team belt and they obviously want a SmackDown tag team belt. And I also don't think um, street profits and new day would necessarily even sell. They're two very, very likable teams that everybody enjoys so I feel like there was more of a rub going on there by New Day and Street Profits teaming up and New Day sort of saying, hey, look, these guys are great. You know, I, I didn't have a problem with it personally.
1: I don't have a problem with what they did. It's just how they did it. It was just so dull and like, oh, surely yeah. we could have found something a more interesting way. Of
0: no, doing I do it agree. Than this. I, I've definitely seen enough of Adam Pierce as well. I don't know whether he's like the new GM.
1: He is, like, the unofficial GM. They don't want to say that they've got a GM, you know, but, like, sometimes they need enough... Like enough you, you need to have a manager, because someone must be managing this shit.
0: I know that he was, um, like, a Ring of Honor world champion or something, but I ain't seen any charisma from this guy.
1: Yeah, well... No, I don't know. Why would, why would do people want a unification? Like, of course they're going to have two separate tag champs. That doesn't make any sense. I just think they could have... um, First of all, maybe just not had done that kept the champions on the same brand
0: or given the, the...
1: interesting with it. It's an interesting idea.
0: Yeah. Given the raw draft, uh, against the SmackDown ones, I really feel like Randy Orton should be careful <laughs> right now. Cause otherwise I just feel like he's going to be like given all of the shit, you know, he's going to have a fiend feud. He's going to have a Strowman feud. And before you know it, Randy's eyes are dead again. You just, you mm. know, I think I, I, I would have moved Randy to SmackDown, freshen it up a bit, personally. Yeah,
1: it would have been interesting, I think, to not have the stories follow each other.
0: Or, At the same done... time, I think it's about time The Fiend came to Raw and did something. Sure.
1: Then we've got uh, Kevin Owens again back
0: on the TV in a no DQ match against Aleister Black. Kevin Owens once again came out with fire and seems to be having like a really good week. I I don't know what's happened to Kevin Owens. I didn't enjoy this match as I wanted to because I'm a massive Alistair Black fan. While I thought he looked good here, I just thought the match was slow. And it's getting very dangerous to me because I like Alistair Black, since they took away the music, since they took away everything, is in the same position as Matt Riddle right now where he's still interesting. People are still invested in him. But he's starting to come off a little bit as another WWE guy yeah which is not not good when you get somebody like Matt Riddle or Aleister Black that people instinctively connect with who have like a natural charisma the worst thing you can possibly do is make them feel like everybody else which is what they feel like they're doing with Aleister Black Aleister Black is really like sh- shit on this show
1: I think he's just stuck deep deep in that mid card now and he'll forever be there
0: Well, uh, spoilers for you mate Round, Alistair Black got drafted in round six with Titus O'Neill, Carmella, yep. Peyton Royce and Tazawa.
1: Yeah, it's not a good sign, is it? That's really Going forward. a
0: forward. good
1: sign. Got drafted. There's a few people that didn't even get drafted. That's true. How oh, was his fucking stupid name now? <laughs> <laughs> Chad, Gable. Chad Gable. Oh, Shorty G. Yeah, that's his stupid name. Uh, yeah, he didn't even, I don't know if he got on the, the talking raw or whatever. He was not on the supplemental draft either. Yeah, not at all. And so same for Andrade. I guess he's a free agent. So so he's less important than Titus O'Neil is what you're telling me.
0: I think when you don't even get drafted on the internet, you are seeing the impact signs. <laughs> impact of
1: uh, giving you a phone call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They literally oh. probably watch the show religiously, the draft show, and list down everybody that's not mentioned and then give them a call. I can see him doing that. Sure.
1: Why not? Draft pick round two. Braun is moving to Raw. Daniel Bryan is moving to SmackDown. Matt Riddle is moving to Raw. Kevin Owens is moving to SmackDown. Jeff Hardy
0: is staying on Raw. Again, just loads of SmackDown people move to Raw. Yeah, and vice versa. What's the point of this?
1: Just feels like oh yeah, you've just done a straight swap, really.
0: Apart from the champions, it feels it really feels like people are moving over on mass from one to the other. I don't I don't understand it at all. Like you're giving Raw to SmackDown and SmackDown to Raw, so the only thing is that's changing is 45 minutes duration.
1: The biggest disappointment is oh, apart from Lars Sullivan, oh, but we saw no NXT call ups. We saw no real surprising returns. I suppose Charlotte. A lot of people didn't expect Charlotte to be drafted.
0: I enjoyed seeing Elias later on in the show, although he, that had its own issues. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it would have just been nice to see some of these people. I really miss Daniel Bryan. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I assume he's shielding at the moment because he's just had a baby. But like, it would have been nice to have a Skype call with him or something, you know, just yeah. to make people remember he exists.
1: Or Send a camera crew to his house, you know, and just do something in his garden. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Uh, so here we go. This is the fun part of Raw. This is but when I stopped. Miz Morrison just deliver a horrible promo. Just so bad. So bad. Um, Mandy and Dana Brooke come out. I didn't even know they were a tag team. Dressed like um, Spice Girls. Are they, are they together because they're blonde? Because I can't think of any other reason
0: these oh, two I would have, be paired. I have no idea, bro. Like I think they've been teaming together for about three weeks. They both okay. look like I don't know, 90s bimbos, I guess, to Vince, so that's what they're doing. This sure. is a big step down for Mandy Rose, who was gaining momentum and gaining ability when she was facing Sonia DeVille a couple months ago. It was very and her
1: freaking match, she was dreadful, man. She was like the weakest. So Natalia and Lana come out and Miz and Morrison set up a, a tag team match. And of those four women, Mandy is the weakest person in the ring. And it was
0: so obvious. It was It was a shit. This whole thing was the shits. and like Lana is so bizarre at this point. Like, her seems to she's got a gimmick where they're the boats instead of the goats, and she said uh, she keeps saying I have the win- winning winningest of all times. Like, is this even a gimmick? I don't understand it at all. I do not get this at all. This was the the shit, uh, and then. We cut to advert break and I'm I'm like oh okay, I guess that's over <laughs> and done with. We come back from break and Miz and Morrison are still here and the Miz introduces guest John Morrison. This was in oh my god, this was embarrassing.
1: Double double bill promo there for I you. I pressed
0: pause and I went
1: and watched something else. Fair enough. I didn't. I sat through it. Lars Sullivan attacks them. It's the heard- freak. <laughs> i never thought i'd be so excited to see lars sullivan god um and he just fucks up john
0: morrison and the miz runs away i assume he just he messed up john morrison because he missed him on smackdown i assume that's the only reason he was john morrison was the only one that that got away without hiding so lars was like i have to finish him off
1: right Right. And the, and the Miz attempts for a second there to try and uh, save his partner, but then thinks better of it and just ducks out of the ring. I do. So. F-
0: they should be a little bit careful with Lars Sullivan. The amount of times that they're shouting freak, uh, him just randomly beating people up. Like, I've only seen him for two shows. And yes, I'm very aware that Lars Sullivan is back now. You know, I think you have to do something with him now. Because he's already established. You can't do that thing where he's just going to beat people up for no reason or like i assume they're going to do the same thing with miz and morrison as miz and morrison did with braun which we've already seen this year it's just i do, like it immediately feels that whatever comes next is dull
1: that would be the exact
0: same thing but just a different big guy yeah that wouldn't that's what's happening
1: that would immediately make lars sullivan a cheap braun Strowman. yeah <laughs> I, I i thought that this- they were building up to have Lars Sullivan versus Braun. Like, that's what I would have assumed they would do. Maybe. But, but they're on different brands, right? They were not even on the same brand, so they no, can't I'm even pretty do sure that.
0: they're both drafted to Raw, aren't they? Uh, Lars Sullivan's on SmackDown. Oh, well, there you go then. Uh,
1: so, this, so after this, this is when they swap over the belts. Then Bobby Roode is pissed. That sets up a match later. Then the draft round three. All of Retribution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is no way WWE can get away with this even like even after saying oh yeah we gave retribution contracts this is the most ludicrous thing I've ever heard like this has made retribution deader in the water than they were before which was dead Yeah, just like r- ridiculous bro <laughs> are they ever gonna give these guys a chance like it was bad enough when they said oh we've given them contracts it's just like wwe trolling people that they're that are trying to like hurt them you know the whole thing of retribution is they're taking over wwe and they're breaking it down and vince is like oh yeah okay pal we'll give you contracts lol you know and (laughs) retribution are just standing there like teenagers thinking oh our our big like teenage angst didn't pay off
1: now if that was the actual story had shane come out and done that that would have actually been a really interesting
0: dynamic to me like with everything in wwe there are simple logical steps that you can take that they don't mm-hmm. ali last week uh, was seen as the new face of retribution right that was the big come out whatever ali's a, a contracted wwe superstar so they could have drafted ali and then they could have done a little bit about how they can't fire Ali at the moment because he's deep in his contract. So they yeah. have to draft him. But yeah. they can't control retribution. They're not being drafted. They don't have contracts. But obviously, if Ali's the leader, they're probably going to be sticking around raw. You know, that's that's simple. It would have taken yeah. Todd Phillips about half a minute to to just sort out. True, true. They could have explained
1: that away. Really, the problem is... They should have all been called up from NXT first, and then started the stable, and then everyone be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Instead of them being given a contract after they've already done so many millions of dollars worth of damage, supposedly.
0: 100%. And, like, I don't even understand why some of these guys are pissed off. Maya Yim was in the NXT main events pretty much for her entire duration. Her, her boyfriend's in the main event at the moment. I don't... It doesn't make yeah, any and, sense. Um,
1: Dominic Djokovic had like two or three five star matches with Keith Lee. Yeah. Like they weren't wa- they weren't exactly jobbing him, were they?
0: No, it just it's just stupid. Like if you're gonna do it, if you have to do it, just just draft Ali and explain that you, you have no control over retribution. If you really wanna carry this on, I think you should be quietly buried, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it failed from day one, really, hasn't it? Okay, so the rest of this draft pool, uh, yeah, Lars Sullivan is on SmackDown, Keith Lee on Raw, Baron King on SmackDown, and
0: Alexa on Raw. One thing I took away from this was I was actually very disappointed by King Corbin being drafted to SmackDown. I think out of everybody on the entire roster, he's the one that would have highly benefited from swapping brands for a while because he's gotten super stale. His gimmick is stale. He doesn't have anybody to face of interest I, I think Baron Corbin was the one guy in this company that really needed to change, have like a little bit of a reset to his character, maybe try something different, face some other guys. But We um, didn't
1: even, we didn't even see him over these
0: two shows. No, no. So I don't even know what he's doing at the moment. Really?
1: We got higher drafted than, um, Alistair Black though. By three
0: rounds. Dude. Yeah. So, so I yeah, I just I just, thought, I just think, King Corbin really desperately needs a reset at this moment. And this was the ideal time to do it, you know.
1: Right. So this is when all logic is out the window. Seth Rollins has already been drafted to SmackDown, but he comes out, has a promo, and then has a match.
0: So well, uh, J- Jeff Hardy comes out. Um, I did like the little bit of spontaneous It felt a little bit spontane- spontaneous uh, of what we were saying a couple of weeks ago where it feels like no one knows each other. I liked Rollins interacting with AJ and those two interacting with Jeff Hardy. Just a little bit of interconnectivity uh, there. But yeah, I agree with you in terms of logic. This didn't make any sense either. I did enjoy the fact that Jeff Hardy asked, like demanded for a triple threat tag team match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I heard that too. And I was like, wait, are they all in tag teams? Like, no, they're not. (laughs) How
0: did he manage to mess that up? Was he just like daydreaming of the good old days with Matt? Like, yeah, he just thought Matt was gonna come out and help him. <laughs> yeah, so that I mean that was a thing. Uh,
1: this was actually re- I I enjoyed this match, but I just got a thing for triple threats. I love them. So
0: it didn't exceed my expectations with the amount of talent in the ring. Cause
1: I'm yeah, sure true, I'll
0: give you that. This is this was this is kind of a dream match, isn't it? AJ yeah. Rollins Hardy. I just feel like again, like they just throw stuff away and. It was just a normal TV match. It was good for what it was, because obviously when you've got that level of talent going against each other, you're not going to have a bad match.
1: In another world, this match would be good enough to
0: main event like a SummerSlam. Definitely. Definitely. And it just felt fresh for once. Yeah,
1: so and then after after the match, or during the match, uh, Elias attacks Jeff Hardy.
0: Yeah, so Um, uh, Elias turns up and smashes a guitar over Hardy, which allows for AJ to pick up the win. Right, sure. I'm happy to see Elias back. He has a backstage promo later where he explains his actions. But this, I mean, this is just stupid, man. Just stupid. It. Why not, just, if you really have to, why not put him with Sheamus? Like, they had literally just turned him face. Did Elias not read the news or watch the show of his product while he was away? Sheamus, like, you know, ran him over. <laughs> um, yeah. And, like, the promo later, he says he doesn't, he blames Hardy for running him over, despite the fact that every other person assumes it's Seamus who got away with it. This is so dumb. Because,
1: yeah, well, he like, says... From this uh, promo,
0: we're, we're, we're reminded that Seamus attempted murder, Hardy is a drunk, and Elias is a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah, it wasn't a story they really needed to bring back. Like, we'd all forgotten about it, and that was a good thing.
0: Elias is one of those guys that feeds off the crowd. He needs the crowd more than most, and I th- I don't feel like they know really what to do with him. Around Mania time, when he was facing Corbin, he was coming across as very likable, and he'd only been faced for like a month. I just don't really understand why you come back and, and turn him heel again. It's not like he can perform a concert to people in a crowd. Well, he's performing a concert next week. <laughs> this is the perfect that- time to turn... Elias face for a little while and try it out because you're not going to get any crowd feedback which yeah. is what the entire Elias character thrives off.
1: Mm. Um and then in draft uh, picks round four Elias is the top pick going uh, to Raw how convenient there you go that, uh, that
0: was immediately after who even knew that Elias was coming back tonight obviously the people that make the rounds
1: yeah uh, the USA Network did <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Zayn to SmackDown, so the 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 champion, he's the last champion to be picked, right? Yep. Like so low down, like no respect for Sammy.
0: I still don't really understand why Bailey was. I know she was round one of Raw, but why was Bailey the the Bailey and Sami Zayn the only champions to be picked on the Raw show? I, the rule once you start looking at the rules, they don't make any sense whatsoever.
1: And the and the, and the tag team.
0: Street yeah. profits as well. I, yeah, whatever. I got those was very boring standard picks. I got no comment about it.
1: I didn't really understand why the roster was separated into two individual shows. Anyway, why do they not all just get drafted at the same time?
0: Well, you know what? It would be. It would be really helpful if you had a three-hour show in order to just get it all out of the way. Don't you think? <laughs> I I
1: think it. uh yeah, but it'd be a bore if it was just all on one show.
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe you just skip Titus O'Neil being drafted to Raw. And put some value in. Well, uh, I don't know. Stop thinking
1: logically. (laughs) Fuck it. (laughs) So, Lacey Evans is on Raw. Cesaro and Shinsuke on SmackDown. And Sheamus on Raw. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Then the women's tag team match, we already said, very sloppy and boring. Very boring. Uh, Then backstage, her Business. Uh, just talking about ricochet he comes in and he challenges cedric alexander to a match if he wins they step off if he loses he will join them bum, bum, this bum. was
0: this was stupid uh what uh, if you're the hurt business who like have the style pizzazz of like a black four horseman at this point why would you like does a does a six-year-old at this point believe ricochet is cool they just, he's just a loser, man. He looks like a loser, a complete chump, and he has done for a very long time. And I don't Which is understand why. I don't understand why the Hurt Business would even want him in the in the fucking group. Like, yeah. he, he's a loser. What is the actual story? They're just
1: bullying him, right? They don't want him to join, not really.
0: No, no, they, that's that. That was the ludicrousness of the whole thing. Ricochet came in and said. If I win, we go our separate ways. If I lose, I'll join the Hurt business. And MVP rubs his hands together and he's like, yeah, I totally accept that. Why would you want this guy (laughs) who's on a losing streak who doesn't like you to join your group under duress that you think is lame anyway? But he's he's on a losing streak to your own group. (laughs) 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 Oh man, I didn't like this at all. They need to get they need to get Cedric aw- away from Ricochet because I hate to say it, man, but Cedric Alexander, every time he's near Ricochet, he's got that Ricochet stink just emanating.
1: And it's a real shame because Ricochet, is—he's cool. hes he's got such, you know, his ring style is so different to anything anyone else does. He really could be a standout, but yeah. he's not. Not in WWE, anyway. I, I, I was
0: really bored during the their the match. And <laughs> I was like, did you see that little chain he was wearing around his neck? Yeah. So I was like thinking in my head, you give him a goatee, a fanta light, and you have like some Lego bricks dropping to the floor w- when his entrance theme hits. You got like the equivalent of Gilbert, but Steve Austin. <laughs> okay, sure. I love the I love the imagery of it. Just get him like. Dropping Lego bricks instead of glass. It'd, yeah, do, no, it'd make I, him interesting. It'd give him something to do. Fair enough. New Shark Boy. I love Shark Boy. Maybe one day you'll love Ricochet. Maybe I do
1: love Ricochet. It's, it's just he's not allowed to do what makes him good in WWE. He's too his ring style is too uh, watered down.
0: Rico Shoston. <laughs>
1: okay. Um. What about Angel Garza versus Andrade? Two like the, of absolutely
0: approach. nothing, mate. Hated it. Bullshit.
1: Zelina on Zelina on commentary, um, and she's still rooting for Andrade. Kind of. I was very confused. I did, couldn't tell whether she she
0: liked him or not. I don't think she knows at this point. Both right, guys. Okay. See, both guys looked bad from this. I know that for like obviously, Andrade is like pissed in Vince's coffee or something he's just been getting jobbed out for months now but yep. Angel Garza looked bad as well and like this feud has been going how long has this feud been
1: going on man since before Mania well uh, no they were, ta- they were teams at Mania weren't they but they were splitting after Mania they were splitting
0: so I'm just bored of it if this is the way that they want to build Angel Garza up as the next big thing then it's they're doing an awful job of it at the so, same time I don't understand why you throw Andrade under the bus just because you have a new Mexican that you like so I, <laughs>
1: so the commentary sold this as if this was the blow-off match this was the final time you know
0: I personally really liked Andrade when he was US champion I thought he had a um I thought he had a big future for him Angel has come along and obviously like charmed Vince and made him swoon I like both of them why is there not enough room for both of these guys to coexist and neither of them to be a jobber
1: I don't know or a team I mean you put them on separate brands and and they just do their own thing. There
0: you go. Like we'll I like I think both could d- do really well. You d- don't have one job because they're both the same nationality.
1: Yeah. It. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh. Oh yeah. So, the lights go out. Alexa Bliss is in the ring, and then uh, the Fiend is behind Andrade, and they attack
0: him. I enjoyed that. Well, I, I thought.
1: I thought this was gonna be the start of like a new programme, but Andrade's not even being drafted. So it seems like he's they do not really wanna use him.
0: No, Andrade's a, a a complete jobber at this point. There's no so, way that they would face him against the fiend. So well, it, I, I mean I I say that not knowing what happens next week. I really hope that the fiend doesn't get in a feud with Andrade. I really I really hope that's true.
1: I guess have they just done it just because it's just another like mixed tag team? Is it like the only mixed tag team right now that they can go against?
0: Yeah, I think this was purely. Maybe it'll be a
1: one and done match. Maybe uh, this it'll just be purely
0: created to show Alexa doing the the finisher in tandem with the Fiend on a woman. This was, yeah. that was what it's there for. Okay. Pretty cool stuff. I enjoyed it. I'm still enjoying this Alexa Fiend thing. I think it could have gone really really badly. And I don't think it has done so far. So fingers crossed.
1: So, so far. We'll see what they can do. They need to do something important with it, I think. So draft round five. Uh, Nikki Cross moves to Raw. Uh, Ziggler and Bobby Roode move to SmackDown. R-Truth stays on Raw. Again, the 24 title can be defended anywhere at any time. Uh, Apollo Cruz moves to SmackDown. And Double Kato is always... Been on Raw, possibly, or, or
0: uh, he was on contract, Raw Underground. Whatever? He's he's never had a match yeah. on Raw.
1: Yeah, but that, that's what I mean. He was on Raw Underground, but now he's officially on Raw. Yeah, so, so. Th- this is
0: where they start bringing in the the uh, underground guys into actual contracts, I guess, and we're we'll be seeing them on normal programming. Because as you said, I think Raw Underground's done. Do you think we're going to see much of
1: El or do you reckon he's just going to be a jobber?
0: It looked like they were into him and then Braun squashed him. So I don't really know what they want to do with him now. Seemed a bit pointless. Yeah. Uh, I have this very horrible vision of Nikki Cross teaming up with Drew McIntyre because they're both Scottish. Oh, dude. Against The Fiend and Alexa.
1: Oh. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Now you say it. It's, like, very obvious.
0: I mean, Randy will pick up the win at Hell in a Cell through interruption from The Fiend coming out and beating the shit out of Drew. Alex has got unfinished business with Nikki. Before you know it, it we have got Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans.
1: Oh, God, can you remember that Frankenstein of a... <laughs>
0: oh, okay that was the real shit wasn't it although I, actually, I walked past a toy shop in in a local town uh, the other day and saw becky lynch and seth Rollins' uh double pack action figures and actually cringed remembering
1: I, I think that's why that match happened right just to sell some toys
0: well yeah the double packs still being sold so there you go obviously they did their job
1: well this time at least Nikki cross and drew mcintyre are actual friends uh that 24 dollar documentary watched um they both had a lot to say about and have been working in the same companies and have somewhat oh, of a come friendship Do so. you
0: think vince has watched that no, no no no
1: no 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 but my argument is lacey and baron corbin had probably only ever shared like five sentences of each other
0: before that match okay but it's still something that i really do not want to see no yeah same i'm completely with you <laughs> okay
1: new day Kofi and Xavier versus Dol- Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Uh, it was in this match that they said that the New Day have lasted for six years. And I thought, really, for like a tag team that's the biggest, or a, th- a three-man team that's so big and so popular, that's actually not a long time compared to some of the other best-known stables in history.
0: Yeah, completely. And I feel like this is why I was saying earlier that they feel like the most over- um... Oh, the thing in WWE right now because they have actually had that summit rise. Like, if you look at Steve Austin's career, The Rock's career, uh, the man, Mick Foley's career in WWE, they're all short runs which went mental, you know? And that, yeah. I can't think of anybody else apart from The New Day that really have had that rocket strapped to their back and become such a massive idea.
1: So, do you reckon they're going to have quite a lasting legacy? What oh you yeah, think? I think
0: so. I think all all three of them are, at this point, if they'd never had to do anything again, they'd be in the hall of fame.
1: Wow, that's big. Uh, um, this
0: match was enjoyable. I actually quite like this. There was some good chain wrestling between Woods and Rude to start. Some great back and forth. Some good hill fuckery. Like th- this was quite obviously four guys that were good at wrestling. You know. Um, yeah, sure. The only si- side I have of this though is I was I watched this with interest once again for the New Day. Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler does nothing for me now. Well, Dolph
1: why why are they even a team,
0: dude? Like, I have no idea. Bobby Bobby Roode is wasted. Doing Ziggler, this. do you remember Ziggler had that little one month run with Drew McIntyre, and it was actually quite fun. But the match was good. Yeah. Bob, Bobby has had no, like how have WWE managed to make somebody like Bobby Roode boring? I don't know because I think he might
1: be one of the best NXT champions of all time.
0: He's one of the best TNA champions of all time.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that. He was. Definitely. He's, just
0: like, he's, he's like one of those guys at this point when I'm watching a television program I just kind of want to turn the screen off. I heard, I heard James Storm
1: is going to NXT now that NWA is probably over.
0: I feel like beer money is the only thing that could actually sort Bobby Roode out at this point. I mean, I'm up
1: for it. Same. If it, if it becomes the thing. I,
0: I don't think I can fit into my t-shirt anymore.
1: But, <laughs> but those two, those are, yeah. It would be great if those two were on NXT together. I think
0: Bobby Roode so desperately needs something right now. He came out. I think he de- re-debuted last week. To the fact that he's re-debuted last week and they put him back with Dolph Ziggler is just like the writing on the wall, surely for him. They just got nothing for him to do, and I don't know why. He's got the looks. He's got. They
1: need got to give everything. him. Yeah, they need to give him back that glorious character he had in NXT because
0: people just ate that up. Yeah, I remember that. It was it became like a, a meme for a while, like a norm, like not a non wrestling meme, like an mm. actual normal people meme.
1: Yeah, it was huge. Just everyone screaming a bit like Shinsuke, everyone just screaming his theme song.
0: Shinsuke Shinsuke is more one of those guys. I know that's not the point you're making, but Shinsuke is one of those guys that I think self created. Like, he quite clearly sees WWE as retirement. He doesn't yeah, really well, care about making an impact. I don't get the same f- vibe from Bobby Roode. He just feels, feels like he's been given nothing.
1: Yeah, Bobby Roode definitely wants to be on the run of his life, if he if he could be.
0: I, I kind of feel like Bobby's going to be one of those guys like Eric Young, you know. One day, he'll either get fired or just won't sign his contract again. And he'll immediately turn up back in Impact. You think Impact or you think somewhere else? Uh, maybe you want to go to Japan for a little while. Yeah, that's
1: what I was thinking.
0: I can't really see him in AEW. Because there's too many bodies in there.
1: Yeah, I think in Japan he'd have a lot of fun. He's definitely got the right kind of um, cocky American. Is he American or is he Canadian? Canadian. He's Canadian, isn't he? Yeah. So after this is when Elias explains his action backstage. And then we get Cedric Alexander versus Ricochet. Bullshit
0: which we've already talked about as well. I know, I know it's Eddie Guerrero's birthday, but that finish was just, just ridiculous. Is that why they did it? Yeah, of Eddie it's Eddie Guerrero's, Guerrero's birthday. birthday. It actually, didn't suit Ricochet whatsoever. He just looked like a dweeb again.
1: I actually got a note here that um they've ripped off Eddie Guerrero so much that he must be fucking fuming if he's <laughs> no, watching. It
0: was just, just a tribute. Yeah, right. Why um, give that tribute to Ricochet? I don't know. Ricochet's got, like, severe go-away heat with me now. Uh, I, I don't like seeing him. I actually didn't hate the ending as much as I think you did. Dude, even my girlfriend thinks he's a loser. And she just, like, occasionally glances up. The, the
1: real problem I have was they showed the video before this match of Ali versus MVP and then Ali siding with Retribution. And yeah. I was watching I was watching that video package and thinking, why would we give a fuck about Retribution? turning on a heel stable it's heel versus heel right so Throughout why, this i just whole don't care.
0: Though, it's been so weird like f- from me checking in every every now and again her business has been acting like the faces to retribution they were um hired apparently by adam pierce to keep retribution out like they were acted as enforcers like the apa for for right. keeping retribution out and there's one episode. I think it was the episode I stopped watching because I was just like this is just ridiculous. Uh, I think it was Keith Lee versus maybe Keith Lee versus Drew McIntyre and retribution surround them or something who yeah. comes out for the save the hurt business. Yeah. I'm like yeah sure they apparently are making money from Adam Pearce but you've just made your faces look like losers and you've made your heels look like baby faces. I just, yeah, I've given up the whole thing.
1: Are, are retribution meant to be heal or are they meant to be face and it's just gone bad? I genuinely have no idea. Because it just seems like it's a heal and heal thing. And every time that happens, definitely with stables, that was literally the point with um, the ministry. The whole thing fell apart because it was just heal versus heal for six months.
0: Yeah. They're, they're doing I mean, the
1: same thing now.
0: Retribution is, has been an, a mess from the start. Like I don't feel like anybody knows what's going on. Like you've got T Bone. You I I know you don't go on Twitter much. T Bone I think is the leader. Dakicovich, he's go do like continually doing a their Twitter game is really weird, man. He's doing like a back and forth with Brian Alvarez. It's really strange. Like Alvarez puts up the ratings and then he like T Bone comments and says T Bone equals 1.8 million raw ratings. He does it like every week. And they've kind of become like this, I don't know whether it feeds into their Raw character or not, but on Twitter they've got their own character where they're kind of like basement-dwelling wrestling nerd fans who keep talking about the ratings and keep bothering Brian Alvarez.
1: But Alvarez rips them apart. He hates this story.
0: I ain't got much time for Alvarez, but I agree with him on this one
1: but my point being imagine if uh, retribution had fucked up new day like on new day's return or whatever and ali sided with them during a match against new day how much more heat that would have given them
0: i think vince is bored at this point of retribution they never turn up on the big shows they didn't turn up on raw smackdown they didn't turn up on SummerSlam or payback i think he, i think he's th- thrown them away like all the rest of his broken toys and Right. i think it would be best for everybody involved if they did a wwe sweep and just pretend this didn't exist and then reintroduce everyone because this has got to be one of the worst things i've seen
1: the real the real loser in this is mustafa ali yeah
0: he's, poor guy man
1: this would be like the fourth story that's failed for him
0: and he's always great and he's just always gets a bad break every just single always
1: time. yeah he's always in the wrong place at the wrong time like they keep squeezing them into these stories and then they fail and he gets dropped
0: he's also such a good face like with the whole former policeman thing he was like a a proper old school baby face you know
1: because they never revealed the smackdown hacker did they
0: i assume that this they're just pretending now that that was like the start of retribution right
1: that's linked to the okay but whatever yeah that's,
0: whatever that's a whatever that's a bit-
1: that's a bit too long-term booking for them, though. So <laughs> At this point, I'm so done, bro. So then we get an advert of Keith Lee versus Braun Strowman next week, which is the first, well, not even the first because we have one on this show, but it's an intergender match on the first week of there being two new brand splits. Inter-brand match, you mean?
0: Yeah, 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 so inter-brand <laughs> match. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever, dude. You know, like, at this point, I'm, yeah, I'm done. I'm done right. with it. No, it, this isn't inter-brand, is
1: it? I swear yeah, Braun goes to Raw. Oh, maybe it's a different match than that's gonna be interbrand. But they they, sure. they 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 already announced that there's going to be an interbrand match.
0: Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and they, I mean they've got the new day on SmackDown as a farewell as well. So
1: right, uh, draft round six. You already said it, it's Tyson, Neil, Carmella. Oh yeah, Peyton Royce to Raw. Uh, Alistair Smack, Alistair Black to SmackDown, and Akar Akara to Zawa to Raw. Pey- where Peyton Royce's old partner. What's her name? She was not picked. Billy Kay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still don't understand why they split those two up. They
0: were funny. Apparently Vince sees big things in Peyton Royce and he doesn't see anything in Billy Kay. That's well,
1: they could have kicked, well, because she's
0: skinnier. Is that what? Is that what you think it is?
1: Well, I, Vince thinks on those lines, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, I guess so. This is just, I, mean, I like that together. It was funny. Just, all I've got here is just fucking hell, man. Like, this is just the shits. Not just because Alistair Black is a part of this, but the the fact that you've got around in night uh, announcing where Titus O'Neill is going. Like this is just I I again the I you know I stopped here again last night. I just that's where I was like I'm I'm done (laughs) again. (laughs) And And then I had to watch the women's Yeah. Women's battle royal main event.
1: Yeah, the last twenty minutes didn't get any better, my friend. So Oscar is on commentary and uh The winner of this is the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship, but it's dual-branded. On the draft. On the draft. Dual-branded on the draft. A SmackDown woman could become number one contender (laughs)
0: for Raw. Do we not want to wait, like, two weeks, guys, before we just start doing this again? Are we not even going to pretend that there's some rules? (laughs) This was so... Oh, man. This was... I was furious watching this. Like, and don't what, get me what, wrong here what man, got don't,
1: you to furious was it Nia Jackson on commentary on the it was, microphone
0: it felt like the longest longest 15 minutes i would ever watched and like after what it came before everything else and don't get me wrong this has got nothing to do with women but a battle royal main event mm. with Lana as the winner yeah. in such a poorly, poorly booked fashion as that was with random intercuts of the Raw champion beating up Randy Orton.
1: That's the thing. Like, we didn't even see back,
0: much of this match. They kept cutting away. This was dreadful. This was really dreadful in every single way. I don't... Men or women, I don't necessarily... I do not think that you should be ending your main event on a battle royal.
1: Well, AEW and, always uses
0: battle royales as the opener. And this is this is the equivalent in the women's division of santino morella winning a raw championship opportunity and this was is what you left the show with basically so
1: really we didn't get to see much of the match to be honest i think we saw like three spots and that was it because we kept cutting away to something um and then at the final they do they do the stupid thing that they do in every single battle royale now which you can just see it coming now, so Lacey Evans and Natalia are on the apron fighting for it, and then Lana comes in to eliminate Natalia lastly, because you know we conveniently forgot about her. she wasn't actually eliminated. They do this every time,
0: but this time every they didn't, time this time they didn't even seem to actually make it a thing. Maybe they were trying to surprise us. I genuinely had no idea, like not in a good way either. Let me just point out. I had no idea that Lana was in this match because they never mentioned it. They never talked about it. I just saw her get th- put through a table by Nia no, Jax. Yeah. That was it.
1: I'm 100% sure now that Lana is going to go to AEW when her contract's up.
0: She's getting a Royal Championship opportunity. After she got put through a table. She, uh, this, apparently, this is the fourth table she got put through. In yeah. In the last couple of weeks. So, can, like, re- come on. And now if we're this was have... to build somebody else up, then I like the idea of building new people up. But with all of the talent currently in the rock locker room, they pick Lana. Like I can't even fathom what to say really. Unless this is just going to be a further humiliation, and you're right, and they're just they're jobbing her out because of Rusev. I don't know. But
1: is Lana versus Oscar like? How do you really think that match is going to go? I Oscar's just don't even. Win un... in three I minutes. just
0: don't not even understand why she's in that position. And why, if you're booking the Women's Battle Royal to be the main event of your draft Raw, you then book a joke winner. I don't... Is it a
1: joke? Or do they sit, like... Because, I mean, Lana was, like, the, one of the biggest stories last summer, wasn't she?
0: When was the last the, time you saw Lana wrestle?
1: She had a match against... Who was in the Bobby, Bobby Lashley story? Rusev no 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 the, uh, there was a woman that came in and well, they were like Morgan
0: was her ex-girlfriend
1: yeah I think they had one match
0: <laughs> yeah garbage fire bro garbage fire um,
1: well at least Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton were polite enough for the match to be over before they in, had a uh, shit brawl. yeah spilled into ringside very conveniently timed um, yeah and then they just get pulled apart and that's it that's the end of the rule what an awful on. show the last hour especially was just such a drag. It's like they knew nobody would be watching, so they just gave up writing it.
0: And um, we agreed with this. I texted you the other day. the 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 whole argument for the WWE fanboys, who just to, because I know I come across as liking WWE more than AEW, which is not true, but objectively I hate fanboys of both brands. This is mind numbing, and as we agreed, I think the defenders of WWE's product always say, yeah, but Hour 3 makes them so much money. They can take all of that money to the bank, but Hour 3, I think, will be the eventual decline, final decline, downfall of WWE. They need to get rid of it. I don't care how much money it makes them. I don't even think eventual. I think in the last year or two, it has been their decline. Yeah. And yeah.
1: everyone knows it. I mean, I t- it's and I think just, they know it, but they just
0: don't They don't care because they're making so much money. But it's just it's killing the product. Mm. Like, it is. Raw and SmackDown at this point, I'm pretty sure, both overseen by Bruce Prichard, and both writers are working on the same thing. Everybody likes to say that Vince is in control of Raw and keeps changing the script, but he's doing that on SmackDown as well. They're both his babies. What is happening here is they've proved... They've quite clearly proved that they can't write a three-hour show every week. So that yeah. they just need to get rid of it.
1: Yeah, they do. It's such a shame. I don't know if they're gonna. I um, think we both had the same like ages ago that the third hour should just be like a... Um, they show some like classic old stuff. Like old yeah, 90s dude, like, old. If they, 20, really, stuff.
0: if they really need the, th- the third hour, then that's fine. That's, that's a good idea. But, you know... Just
1: just don't put anything current there that's just going to continue to bore. And I, I don't know, they, they're just he creatively in a slump of
0: that third hour. And it's not well. like three hours is the death knell to the wrestling industry. You've got to give Eric Bischoff his credit. In 1997-98, people were tuning into all three hours of Nitro. People were interested. People wanted it. They, but obviously that three-hour show was actually booked to a level where people wanted to see all three hours this is a very very different thing and i'm surely this should be a warning sign to everybody from the AEW side saying oh AEW needs a new television show i'm not so sure i think in AEW, it's just um dark that's going to be on tv no if AEW's on dark, and I've we've gone over this conversation loads of times. They need to completely change that. But yeah, if, it's, be, if it goes on to TV, it'd have to be better. I, I would agree. be looking at WWE's product right now and thinking, you know what? I'd uh, let's just keep the dynamite for a while. Well, I don't. I don't think two shows are as a problem
1: necessarily. I think it's just a three-hour RAW because even if it's a good show, it's still a chore to watch three hours of
0: one constant thing. Especially when those three hours get progressively worse because it's all filler and they know that nobody cares in that middle bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I'm working full time, even a pay-per-view, I will probably watch in two settings. I think I only watch a pay-per-view fully is if we watch it live, like together with a beer. And then we're not really properly concentrating anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So I think three hours is just a hard ask. You know, there's yep. a reason. There's a reason I mean, Hollywood it, always makes a two and a half hour
0: movie. But that was a that was the thing, right? The the thing was, we. I mean, at least back in the day, we're excited about a three hour show because it happened once a month. That was a yep. pay per view. That was interesting. Yep. It was important. Three hours. Tell asking somebody to sit through three hours every single week and then saying, well, you now need to watch two hours on Friday as well. It's just ridiculous. There's there's no way that they're gonna get any of their any, any demographic, I think, doing that. The, from uh, people our age, not interested, not enough time in the day. Like, we're doing stuff. Kids mm-hmm. will get bored, like, way more bored than we will. They'll yeah. watch the first 20 minutes of the show or they'll watch the highlights and just go do something else. Who are they appealing to?
1: Yeah, no kid under the age of, like, 15 is watching three hours of one program.
0: And I feel like that kid, if he's watching 15... If he's watching three hours of that program from, like, 15 to 16, he'll stop watching it at 17. Sure, yeah. Like, so, like, you know, who who, who are they appealing to at this point? No one. Do you reckon, talk about it forward, Would you reckon AEW will actually be a
1: competitor within a year?
0: Not within the year. Uh, I think they'll be nearly there. I think everything is going to hit off fast as soon as they get that game out. They should be focusing on that game so hard right now yeah Um, because as soon as that's released i think they'll see their numbers completely spike and i feel like they might even start beating wwe very soon
1: i mean it's nowhere near the same league but even tna when they released that game that was a game changer
0: yeah dude like all of our friends from school used to play that with us yeah TNA, tna became a thing that they knew of you know
1: yeah and they, that's when uh, uh, this is kind of just after Hogan took over and then they moved to Monday Night because they thought they could compete with WWE. Yep. You're right the video game is definitely a uh, a big piece of the puzzle.
0: I think they should definitely aim to try and get it out by next summer. Cuz they don't well, want to wait too long with it.
1: Well from what little they've talked about it it sounds like they're definitely uh, they're definitely pushing it to try and get it done as quick as possible.
0: Yeah. As, as long as it's not pushing it to make it as quick as possible and it turning out like a wwe video
1: game well, that's the thing that's why it's not released already i imagine
0: but then they've got i mean they've got all of the nerds at their hands you know kenny omega's a diehard as we've said before the people that win the gaming wars are the nerds well that's the thing like if AEW releases a great video
1: game like they've fucked wwe's business
0: completely i mean have you seen wwe's video game this year
1: the what the one that was shit or the one that they released in 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 its place they've released one like a month ago that looks like uh
0: Wii avatar yeah that's
1: yeah that's because they can't get a 2k out this year so they've released this uh was it brawl or smash or something battlegrounds yeah yeah well yeah that's it it's meant to be a take on nintendo brawl right uh, yeah they rushed that out which is just a takeoff. uh what was that legends game that was really overly super um, smash
0: bros no, 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 oh, no. Uh Legends of WrestleMania. No, 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 no.
1: Not that one. There was another one, and it was like Rock and Austin and Hogan, and it was really over-characterized. Um, and you know, like a super move. It threw a guy up oh, in like... Oh, I think I do remember that. Air. You remember that? Yeah, yeah and that was actually kind of popular, but it was really side side-by-side with Raw vs. SmackDown, so it wasn't instead of. I think they just took the engine from that and then just put Roman Reigns and AJ's face on it you
0: know yeah yeah uh, i mean oh, well. break break wwe's video game hold on the wrestling market and you win as far as i'm concerned because aw's got the superior product aw's got just as like it's got enough money to to thrive and prosper literally the only problem they're suffering with right now is getting eyes on the product that, that would just completely destroy competition so yeah that was fun yeah. ben
1: yeah, it was fun to know about modern things with you again, but I'm not sure that the actual... No, nah, Raw killed me last night.
0: Uh, while I Raw. enjoyed talking about normal television that everybody else is currently watching, or at least bitching about, there's no way that I could do Raw every week. Man, it made me depressed. I think I don't think I could do that to myself every week. Raw was like potentially going to be my re-jump-on point, because I watch... Mm. I watch WWE way more than you and I had like two two three months off of it after watching raw I don't think I will I don't think I'm gonna bother I
1: I think I'm gonna go back to just watching the highlights on YouTube
0: so we're, we're gonna go back to doing what we've done our entire life we occasionally look at articles when we wake up in the morning and then go about our normal business sure <laughs> good plan good that's cool that's being a wrestling fan in in this decade I think <laughs>
1: Okay, well, that was a good one. Um, so next week will be the the final part of the horror season, right?
0: Yeah. We'll put out the movies, which we've already recorded. Well, we were supposed to do, like, this massive 21st century what's happened to the horror genre in wrestling, but I think we're both absolutely fucking bored of it now, right?
1: Yeah, we'll come back to that in a couple of months' time, whatever. It's cool. fine. Just forget about
0: it. So let's start thinking about what we want to do after the horror season.
1: WCW season. Hey! Um I'm hyped you have to, to this, man. You have to, yeah. You're gonna have to like show off some good shit to me and I try and convert. You need to watch
0: the Eric Bischoff documentary. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll watch a really good WCW pay-per-view and maybe a really bad one.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Let's do it Cool.
0: All right. Cool. Nice, man. Like, share, and subscribe to keep it botched up, brother.